Welcome to Critical Issues Commentary, the podcast ministry of Gospel of Grace Fellowship, a non-denominational Christian church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. This is Jessica Kramis, your host for today, and I'm speaking with Bob DeWay, Gospel of Grace's teacher and theologian and author of Critical Issues Commentary. In this series, we are discussing Dutch Sheet's book, Intercessory Prayer. And we've been focusing a lot on his chapter about meetings. But there's so much confusion going on that it's just going to take us several episodes to cover this all. If if I could sum it up, I would say we are claiming that what happened at the cross was the forgiveness of sins and the offer of new life. And his version is a warfare worldview where he wrestled Satan and supposedly gained authority that had been lost. So if you haven't heard the last few episodes, you actually might want to go back and get caught up. Now, this week, we are going to talk about how he uses or misuses 1 John 3, 8. So in the book, he only cites part of the verse and uses the King James Version. I'll read that. And then I'm also going to read the entire verse out of the New American Standard Bible, because I think it will help bring a little more clarity. So here's how Dutch Sheets quotes it. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. The full verse out of New American Standard Bible is, the one who practices sin is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose to destroy the works of the devil. So my first question would be, what are the works of the devil? To keep people in bondage to sin. Right. And then how are they destroyed? Well, they're destroyed, and he points out luo, which means to lose, through the forgiveness of sins. Okay. So how, how are we going to be free from our debt of sin? Yes. Only we... through the blood atonement. Right. Okay. As a couple of episodes ago, we talked about how the passage about the earth quaking takes it out of context, ignoring the curtain torn in two. So the point is, if we do not come to Jesus Christ and do not have faith in his finished work and trust him, we are under the wrath of God. Yes. And we're still in our sins. Okay. Forgiveness of sins comes through what Christ has done once for all. Right. Okay. So in order to loose Luo, the works of the devil, is to give us a way out of being under God's wrath and under sin. Okay. Now, the original sin in the garden was a response of Eve and then Adam to the temptation of the serpent who denied that what God said was true. Has God right. said, you won't die. Right. You won't die. That's not going to happen. You'll be like God, knowing good and evil. And so his lie is that you can't trust God to tell you the truth. Okay. He's a liar and a father of the lie. And why? What's the point of the lie? Ultimately, you'll be like God. So if you want to know what John means in 1 John 3 about sin, 
really we should go back to John chapter eight, where this whole thing plays out in a debate with the religious leaders. All right. Will you read that for us? Yes, actually, I want to show the context. It's an amazing section. Okay. Okay. I have the New American Standard here and do a kind of a quick walkthrough. There's a lot here. I'll read, start by reading verse 44. This is after a debate, which I'll tell you about. Okay. It starts with some people who believed him and really they didn't because as soon as they were told they needed to be free, they rejected him. Okay. So here's verse 44. If you want to understand what the issue is, Jesus said, you are of your father, the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning. It does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, literally the lie, he speaks from his own self or nature for he is a liar and a father of lies and a father of it, literally the lie. Okay. What is the lie? You will be like God. You'll be like God. There's nothing particularly unique about God. You can sin. You won't die. Yeah. You can't trust God. And that was okay. the original sin. All right. All right. So to destroy the works of the devil is to give us release from sin, uh, to bring us to be loosed from this bondage to sin. Okay. The fall is real. Yeah. Now, this is addressed to people who claim to believe in him. So right. there are always going to be people who have their own version of this. Yeah. But it is based on believing what God said and believing his promises, not on learning secrets or techniques. Okay. All right. So you said last week it's it's uh it's not about uh, what did you say? Not about technique, but about or technology, but about relationship. Yeah. It's about our relationship to God by faith and whether we're in the domain of darkness even if everything in life seems really well done or going well for us, or if we're in the kingdom of his beloved son. Okay. That's just 1, 13 and 14. This is true throughout the scripture. Quoted that yes. last week, Acts 26, 18. So even for those who compared to other sinners have things seemingly going very well. They may be religious. They may go to church. It's okay. often believers who get angry when they find out they need release from sin. They need yeah. blood atonement. Many people have been in church their whole lives and don't even believe there is a blood atonement. Okay. They've never been taught that there's such a thing as God's wrath against sin. They've yes. never heard that there's actually a hell. Okay. And when I was a young person in a liberal church, I asked pastors, and they said, well, those are stories to inspire us, and no one really goes to hell. There isn't, the good Lord wants us to live a better life. Okay. Now, that creates a vacuum, though. Sheets comes with a different version. Right. He's not 
that sort of liberal. He's the one who says there's a secret to this and I know what it is. Right. So we need to come to him to find his method or his technique for loosing people from the power of the devil. And it's not gospel preaching. No, gospel preaching somehow never comes up. Right. Or you say we enforce that. Yeah. In John 8, this is something we can't do right now. It would take the rest of the show. I would just ask our listeners, go to John 8, 31 and read all the way down to the end uh, of um, that chapter, which is 59. Okay. There are many claims there, but it's pretty amazing. They claim that they're Abraham's descendants, so we never were in bondage. We don't need whatever you have. And then it gets more intense. It's more intense. And Jesus said in verse 45, I speak the truth. You don't believe me. The issue is believing the promises of God and trusting Christ on his terms. It's not us enforcing some authority that God transferred to the church. Right. Jesus reigns now at the right hand of God. He's coming again. We need to be right with him. So Dutch Sheik says quite the opposite here. It's got a, at the bottom of page 67, our responsibility is to enforce the victory as we also meet the powers of darkness. No, our responsibility is to believe the gospel and to preach it to others. Yes. To illustrate that with this first John and then John 8, Jesus went on and said, because I speak the truth, you don't believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? If I speak the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears the words of God. And the reason you don't hear them is because you're not of God. They said, well, we're Abraham's children. We don't need you. Yeah. The Jews answered and said to him, do we not rightly say you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Oh, wow. So the the rebellious leadership. Now, this is not anti-Semitic. There are still okay. promises to Israel that are yet future. Mm-hmm. But at this point, the leadership were in rebellion, and they didn't need what Jesus said. Now, originally, they were believing. But now okay. tell him he has a demon. And read it. Please read the text, read the Bible. Yes. Uh, this I can say to everyone who's listened to this series. Whenever you see a proof text, they're usually taken out of context. So this will help you with this. As I said, read John 8, 31 through 59. Uh, it's pretty amazing. I could preach it. It would be fun to preach on that. But right now, I'm in 1 Corinthians. I preached on that several decades ago. And bring it up a lot of times. But don't be deceived. Jesus did come to grab the keys, transfer them to the church, and then send the church out to enforce them. Yeah. So now he has a black quote on the middle of page 68, where he says this. We, through prayers of intercession, meet the powers of darkness, enforcing the victory Christ accomplished when he met them in his work of intercession. Now he has some stories in this chapter 
you want to share some of that with us? And we will actually look to see how he is using his method here. Yes. And by the way, there's an underlying a serious error. Okay. It's not our job to interact with the forces of darkness. It's our job to preach the terms of release from bondage. And intercession is us praying to God, Hebrews 4.16, and trusting him and believing his promises. The thing that causes people to be uh, deceived is they think they need to interact with various demons and powers of darkness. Yes. So, and that's never going to end well for us. No, it never does because they are in this realm that they've been in for millennia. Yeah. And they know how to deceive. We don't know what we're doing when we go there. And this material will get people going in circles because they don't have a promise to believe. they got to figure out a technology to work in order to enforce something. Okay. So right. prayers of intercession are not meeting the powers of darkness. They're humbly going before the throne of grace if you had a biblical worldview. Amen. This is not a biblical worldview. So let me walk through this little story and illustrate there throughout this book. But here's okay. the story. Dutch Sheets was associated with C. Peter Wagner that he mentions and the New Apostolic Reformation. Okay. Here's Guatemala in his story. This is exactly what took place, he says, in Guatemala when we prayed for the little girl tied to a tree mentioned in the previous chapter. We met the powers of darkness and enforced the victory of the cross. And then he talks about several years earlier, a friend of his pointed out a young woman, she had problems, she'd be paralyzed from the neck down, couldn't move, been that way for a while, two years. So they talked to the pastor. Okay. And uh, the doctors couldn't find anything physically wrong, according to his story, page 68. My friend who was visiting a church, as I'm quoting here, as a guest speaker, discerned that the cause was demonic. Now, how do they know that? Right. Is that what a discernment is to tell why the demons cause one person to be sick or not another? We've talked about this in different episodes, but we can't determine that from general revelation. So it has to be through special revelation. And that's the secret knowledge that belongs to God. We, yeah. we can't go, we can't know these things. Right. Discerning of spirits isn't knowing details about Satan and, names of demons or whatever they're doing. Discerning is discerning what is validly from God and what isn't. There was an article, How to Discern a True Work of the Spirit, that we published. Okay? Right. That's all based on Scripture, not stories about how I figured out what a demon was doing. Okay. Okay, here we go. Not knowing the church's position about such matters, he discreetly approached this wheelchair-bound young lady, knelt next to her, and whispered in her ear. As he did, he was going between, that's intercession, I'm quoting sheets, her and the powers of darkness. So rather than praying for the girl, with the okay. or whatever, as James mentions, he's going between the powers of darkness. Back to the quote. Meeting 
them with the power of Christ. So now we have what John Wimber would call a power encounter. Okay. But that's not what he calls it. He prayed. Mm -hmm. Now he's praying to Satan. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. He's prayed, Satan, I break, parentheses, Luo, your hold over this young lady in the name of Jesus. I command you to loose, Luo, your hold over her and let her go. Parenthetical words are mine, she says. No manifestation or immediate change occurred. A week later, however, she was able to move her arms, and then there was a gradual recovery. Then she told, I'm going to go down to another paragraph. Then she told my friend the following details about the cause of her condition and why the doctors could find no reasonable explanation. Quote, a teacher in my school who was also a witch doctor made a sexual advance for me, which I refused. He grew angry, told me if I didn't have sex with him, he would place a curse on me. So there was some curse Supposedly. Yeah. Now, again, there's more than one possible cause for the same observed phenomena. Yes. Okay. So gradually she got better. Now, was that caused by a curse? Was it caused by binding Satan? Or did she get better because of a temporary curse? We don't know. We don't need right. to. We're not supposed to pray, Satan, use, address Satan in prayer. Right. We, we don't even see that. I don't see that anywhere in Scripture. We're warned against it. Yes. In, in, the, in Jude. We're warned not to do that. And isn't it offensive? To, it, yes. For Jesus to tell us to go, the apostles are to go preach release from sins, for repentance for forgiveness of sins. The promise that we can go to the throne of grace. And rather than that, we need to figure out who put a curse on someone and why we can't know these things. Now, I, uh, pagans are putting curses on each other all the time. Right. We have people teaching generational curses. I wrote about that. You can't know because you have more ancestors going back three or four generations than you ever knew or could even contemplate. So it's a quagmire, confusion. And we didn't, we don't, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but going back last year when we were talking about spiritual warfare, you made it very clear that if we are in Christ, we are blessed. Yeah. You either are blessed or you're outside of Christ and you're cursed, but you're Ah. cursed because you're outside of Christ. And in either case, the answer is the gospel. Right. And, And believe in, for those who have already, and transferred into the kingdom of his beloved son, Colossians 1, 13 and 14, who are trusting him alone, they don't need secret information to get more free. Right. Okay? Satan cannot hold anyone in his kingdom who believes the gospel and is forgiven. Yes. We are transferred out of his kingdom. Physical problems are part of what happens in life because the promise is forgiveness of sins and eternal life. Yes. All right. So everyone's body is aging and deteriorating over the years. Right. Right. 
but those who know Christ have the gift of eternal life. We don't need to figure out what causes these things outside of what we can know through ordinary means of knowing. Even if this sounds like a good thing, it's actually folk religion or occultism. Yes. Those who feel that they need to talk to Satan and bind Satan are totally ignorant of the truth of the gospel. Okay. And that's very serious. It is. That's why, okay. that's why the very first article I wrote was about binding and loosing. And we touched on that again. It's not about us talking to Satan and binding him, doing prayer rock, walks around geographical territories to claim the territory for Christ or any of this. So let me continue with his story and show how this really doesn't work. Okay. And he, he makes his claim about this shows what intercession is. Page 69. What happened to bring about this girl's freedom? An individual stepped between this young lady and the powers of darkness, meeting them in the name of Jesus and forcing his victory. That is intercession. Oh, no. Does the Bible teach that intercession is us going between Satan and different people with various physical or spiritual maladies. Absolutely not. We looked that up. I, I looked up every time the term for intercede is used. Okay. I preached on that recently from Romans 8. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us, believers. Yes. Christ intercedes for us. We're safe, and even all of the things that we would fear, listed at the end of Romans 8, cannot separate us from the love of God. Right. And the implication is that whatever difficulties or maladies or problems people have are caused by a lack of technique or technology or knowledge about how to enforce something. And there's no proof in any of this. Right. The malady was caused by a curse put on by some teacher. We can't know that. Okay. We're not equipped to go into the realm of the spirits. Now, the person can hear the teacher do something like that. But people that don't even know Christ continually are being given death threats because people don't like their politics or whatever's going on. Yeah. But what cannot happen, I've been threatened multiple times, especially when we were in a really bad neighborhood for 25 years preaching. Mm -hmm. People attacked, threatened, but we're there to proclaim the forgiveness of sins. Yes. All right. So don't pick up this folk religion and think that there's a spiritual cause that we can know. Intercession is going to God. We make okay. our needs known to him. If we're sick, we call for the elders, we pray. We can pray for one another. But nothing, nothing, not even life or death, things present or things future, can separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Amen. And so 
how many people read this and think, well, uh, how, people, a lot of people said bad things to me. A lot of people hate me. A lot of people hear my teaching and don't like it. And uh, people have cursed me. Maybe that's why whatever physical maladies I might have, uh, and I have them, but I'm mm -hmm. preaching. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. And if you're lost and everything goes perfectly, it's really worse because you're more likely to say, well, I don't need anything. Right. Like in the parable, soul, take thy knees, build bigger yeah. barns. Thou fool today, your soul's required of you. Right. So this whole book and movement and teaching is contrary to the promises of God in the gospel. Yes. And the assumption that everyone in a church or whatever, there's so many different kinds of churches. And most of the churches of Christendom are liberal or totally deceived. Exactly. Okay. So if somebody's in a church and there's something going on, very well, you know what's demonic? Not believing in Christ. Right. Back to what the truth is. The problem is not technological. It's relational. Okay. If you do not have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, and you do not know that your sins are forgiven, and if you think that you can make it on your own, then technology will just send you around in circles trying to manipulate the realm of the spirits using knowledge and techniques and incantations. Yes. You see that in Luke Acts. If you do know Christ, the gospel is about the person and work of Christ. The God, the Son, the sinless one, the creator came into our world. He died for sins once for all. He lived a sinless life. He shed his blood. He was raised from the dead. He appeared to many witnesses. And he ascended to heaven. And he told his apostles to go and preach repentance for forgiveness of sins. Yes. Release from sins. And that's what we need to preach. We Those who repent have a relationship with God, and they're saved. Read Romans 8 to the end. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Eternal life goes on forever and ever. Amen. Yeah. But the things that we go through in this life are very short. I may not seem that way when you're young, but believe me, it doesn't go on for long because I've lost a lot of my dear Christian friends because life is short, but they were yeah. in Christ. We can rejoice. And this is just horrible. Honestly, it's horrible. We don't meet Satan in intercession. We go to God. And I'm supposed to be dead. I don't know how many times over because of various things. Mm -hmm. A while back, Jessica, yeah, our daughter, asked permission to put prayer request out throughout the critical issues list. That was some years ago, mm -hmm. and she did so. And I got very 
I don't deserve anything, but God is so gracious and merciful. I just found something I got for some people that we know. And I was supposed to die at that time because various reasons. Yeah. Yes. And the, I got cards, letters. The most touching one that came back was from a family um, in South Africa. I got a lot of touching ones, but this one really got my attention. Okay. The prayer was that God would do whatever in my life, whatever would bring him the most glory. Wow. And that is interceding to God according to his revealed purpose. Glorify your name. Right. God's glory isn't diminished when a Christian suffers. Okay, and that's important. Right. This is relational. It's not technological. It's not based on secret knowledge. We go into the realm of the spirits using curse-breaking knowledge or technology or techniques or utterances. Those forces that are there, they're real. They're real. But we know what their devices are, which is to keep us from trusting God alone. Yes. God is glorified. I was just looking at the passage in Luke when the 72 or 70, depending on the Greek text, but it, the, the, they came back and said, even the demons are subject to us. Yes. Jesus said, don't rejoice in that, but rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. Wow. So how do we know that? By believing in Christ and trusting in him alone. So this is such a distraction and so, so harmful, and it will not result in the Great Commission being fulfilled from Matthew 28 that we've been talking about. Because they're not making disciples by teaching people to enforce something against Satan. Okay. Wow. All right. We are out of time for this edition of Critical Issues Commentary Radio. You can access this episode and many others, as well as years' worth of articles, at the website, cicministry.org. While you're there, click on contact and send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. We want to encourage you all to stand firm in one spirit, with one mind, and strive together for the faith of the gospel. For Critical Issues Commentary, this is Jessica Kramus. And Bob DeWay. We'll see you next week.